Hello, everyone. I'm Dominique. And I'm Christina. And we are the Connected in Glass podcast. Every week, we will feature interviews with glass artists who speak to their creative processes and overcoming challenges. These conversations are real and raw. We hope that by sharing these stories, you're able to find some connection and know that you're not alone. We just wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. We're super passionate about this project and work for hours every week to bring you this content. So if you'd like to help support us, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash connected in glass. Also, please consider joining our Facebook group, Connected in Glass Community, where we continue the conversations from these episodes. We'd love to hear from you. This episode of Connected in Glass is sponsored by Diddy Clips. Diddy Clips has changed the way we film our glassblowing videos, and we're proud to be working with them. Today, we're interviewing Kira Robertson. She's a glass artist based in Ontario, Canada, who has been working with glass since 2006. Hi. Hi. Hello. Thanks so much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. So we're so excited to get to know you. At first, maybe let's get the glass part of your life for right now. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, and what you do for fun besides glass. Okay, so I'm in Ontario, Canada, and I don't really know too many other glass people other than online, but yeah, I don't know. For fun, uh, that's been a bit of a struggle the last couple of years, but (laughs) normally, I don't know, camping, uh, hiking, that kind of thing, Uh, getting together with friends, but that's also been a struggle the last couple of years, so I'm sure you guys can relate. (laughs) So how did you start working with glass? I actually took glass blowing at the Halliburton School of the Arts. I started out in furnace glass and I worked as an assistant, a glass blower's assistant for about probably six or seven years. But throughout all that time, like as soon as I was done school, I went and bought a torch because I knew I couldn't afford, you know, my own glass blowing studio. So I figured I'd go smaller route and yeah, just get a torch and set it up in my parents' basement years ago. And that's basically how I got started. What did you go to art school for originally? Did you know that it was going to be glass or were you focusing on something else? No, I uh, only applied. Well, they make you apply for backup things, but glass blowing was my first choice. And then if I didn't get into that, jewelry was my second choice. So, and with my beads, I do make quite a bit of jewelry. So to be honest, both courses would have been beneficial, but yeah, I just did the glass blowing. How did you know what you wanted to go into? Is it just something you've always been drawn to? I've always been obsessed with beads ever since I was a little kid. And when I found out that Halliburton had a glass blowing uh, program, actually, the year I was there was the first year they did it. And when I found out about it, I just was so excited I had to be part of it. So, and I was actually, a couple of my teachers that hired me as an assistant after that. So that gave me a lot of extra experience that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And when you started doing glass in college, was there like an oh shit moment where you're like, do I actually want to do this? Or did you know as you started it that it was something you were going to stick out and get better at and keep doing? 
Well, I think the first day walking into the studio and seeing all those hot furnaces and glory holes, like that was a little intimidating, but at the same time, really exciting. So yeah. Yeah, it was super exciting the first day getting in there and finally getting to play with some glass. Can you tell us how your works evolved from college to now? So at first you were working in the hot shop almost completely. Did you then take bead classes or did you kind of figure it out on your own to evolve to what you're doing today? As far as my beads go, I'm mostly self-taught. Like I've learned a lot from different books and things like that. But yeah, a lot of trial and error, just making a lot of ugly stuff and trying to do it better the next time. And have you taken any other classes since college? Uh, I haven't, but I've recently started started working with Borrow a little bit because I've mostly just been soft class. So in the last couple of years, I've been playing around with Borrow and I was going to take like just a few hour class in Toronto right when COVID started. And of course it got canceled. So just trying to get back to that. And I do want to do that class at some point. I just haven't got around to it yet, but yeah. Where do you find the inspiration for what you're making? Well, I work outside in the summertime. So I get a lot of inspiration just from, you know, things I see in my day to day. Like I do these lizard beads. And one day I saw like a little, one of those little black and blue salamanders when I was working took a bunch of pictures of it, brought it home, made a bead that's sort of similar to that. You know, other artists give me tons of inspiration as well, like without copying their work, but you know, we give each other ideas, right? Yeah, totally. When you do find that inspiration, do you draw anything out beforehand? Are you one of those people that can just work things in your brain? Well, I'm not a very good drawer but yes I do have to draw it out first or I'll have no idea what I'm doing (laughs) it's helpful if I have like something three-dimensional to look at as well like say if I was going to make a skull bead or something like that if I had like a little skull to look at that I find that helpful but yeah drawing definitely are you glass full-time or do you have another job that you work to so I do um, seasonal work so I landscaping eight months of the year And then during that time, I just do the beads on the weekends and when I have spare time, then the winter time, it's basically my full-time gig. And how do you sell your work? That's the, that's the hard part, right? So up until my daughter was born, my daughter's eight, but before that I mostly just did craft shows and stuff like that. So, you know, throughout the summer and leading up to Christmas, just do um, local weekend craft shows and stuff. But since then I've, been selling a lot online through Facebook and Instagram and Etsy so I do most of my sales that way now but and then actually again at the beginning of COVID I had signed up for all these craft shows that I used to do and I got into all of them and then of course they were all cancelled so but I'm hoping this year to get back into some of those ones again. Is your studio set up at home or do you have a space outside at home? It used to be upstairs in the spare bedroom about three years ago. My dad helped me build a studio in the backyard. We call it the glass shack. And so that must have been a cool experience setting up your own studio within the space, right? Was was it a big challenge working with your dad to do that? Or did you find that you already kind of knew how you wanted it to be? 
Well, it wouldn't have been possible without my dad, to be honest. We spent like every weekend between May and September building that glass shack. And I just, I'm so grateful to him because without him, it would have been impossible. With your studio being at home, like how do you separate out your time to what you're doing at home and and getting into the zone of of working? Do you find that it's hard to shift gears and to get out there? Or do you find that it happens kind of naturally? Or do you have a schedule that you like to follow? I basically just work when I have the time. So yeah, there's a balance there for sure. Um, It's nice. My daughter's a little bit older now. So if she just has to hang out in the house by herself for a little bit, that's, that's fine. It's totally doable. It's harder when she was younger, but Yeah, I think it's actually a benefit having it so close to home because I can just pop out there, you know, whenever I have, you know, a couple spare hours or whatever. I think if it was farther away, it'd be harder to actually get to doing it. We aren't parents, but we've talked to quite a few parents and a lot of people mention sort of like that mom guilt or parent guilt is that something that you experience? How do you work through that? Well, for sure. I mean, I think all parents do feel guilt in some way or another when they would like to be spending more time with their kids. The, one of the benefits about COVID actually was my daughter just started back to school last week. So she's been home quite a bit. And I mean, I've got to spend a lot of time with her that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So that's been kind of nice. But yeah. I mean, there's always guilt when you wish you could be spending more time with your kids. I don't know how to work through it, really. Like, you just kind of deal with it, I guess. Does she like glass or is she just uninterested? Not interested at all. Unless it's a unicorn. I do make some unicorns, then she loves it. And so do you ever find that you just feel stuck, like you don't want to make glass or you're not feeling inspired? Do you have times where you're just away from it completely? I don't really spend too much time away from it longer than a couple of weeks. But yeah, if I'm feeling stuck or uninspired, I'll just go back and make something that I've made before, you know, until I get some new ideas and things get rolling again. But yeah, I just I'll go back and make remake things that I've made before. And so do you ever like have trouble putting your work out there? Like you have a pretty good presence online. And I always wonder if other people have trouble putting work out there, like receive, receiving other people's critiques and all of that, or are you able to like maintain a good headspace to put your work out there and whatever comes back, comes back? Yeah. I mean, I feel pretty good about my work at this point. And the feedback's usually pretty good. I mean, there's occasional times where I'll post something in a group and I'll get some comments, but I mean, you just got to laugh at them because I don't know. (laughs) I feel like my work's good. So if they don't like it, that's, that's, it's not for everybody. Right. So. And what would you consider to be your personal definition of success? Do you feel like you've reached that point? Well, personal success to me would be happiness living a happy life business wise success would be if I didn't have to work the second job and I just did glass so in that regard no I have not reached success but one day how do you figure out what to price your work do you have a calculation or do you just kind of judge it based off of other pieces that you've made and sold 
I don't have an exact calculation. I have an idea of what people will pay for certain things. And I sort of try to balance that with what it costs me and how long it takes me to make. But yeah, I don't have an exact calculation, but it is, it is always a challenge trying to find the exact right price for things. I guess, you know, if, if it's selling too quickly, you jack up the price. And if it's not, I guess you lower the price a little bit if you can. But yeah, I, I try to keep my prices reasonable. I, I want it to be accessible to more people. And I was just wondering about the jewelry aspect of it too. So you said that you kind of wish that you had gone to school for both. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you integrated those two parts together? Like you make the beads and then you have to create a set out of them, right? Yeah. Well, I don't like the kind of things that they teach in like the jewelry program would be like soldering and, you know, I have taken a few jewelry courses, but I don't really do that sort of stuff with my work. It's mostly just wire work and putting beads together or stringing beads together. So that part, it's not, it's nothing, you know, too challenging. I was wondering, both of us kind of deal with different like depression and anxiety. And I was wondering if that's something that you experience as well and maybe how it affects how you work or your work itself. I think in these last couple of years, I'm sure we've all experienced depression, right? The one good thing I can say about that is I have found that I've had maybe a little bit more inspiration in my work. I don't know what the correlation is there, but I, I do find that there is one. So yeah, I've in the last couple of years, I've had a lot of new design ideas and stuff like that. So I don't know, another silver lining, I guess. If there is one thing that you could tell your younger self, what would it be? My younger self? Um, well, when I was younger, I had no idea that glass blowing was a thing and that making glass beads was a thing. So I think that if I could tell my younger self something, or even that being an artist was a thing, like in high school, nobody tells you that you can be an artist and make money doing that. Like, you know, I would tell myself that you can make beads and you can be an artist. Was it with that thought process growing up, like what, what got you to go to art school? Well, when I found out about it, I had done, I had been to college for forestry previously and wasn't really super excited about going into that field. All the jobs are like contract jobs and you'd be moving around a lot. And I wasn't super excited about it. I remember my last year of forestry college just being like, what am I doing here? I should be in art school. And, you know, a year out of that college and I found out about the glass blowing program and I just jumped right on it. Is there anything that you like didn't learn in college that you use today that you wished had been taught? Christine and I didn't go to art school, so I'm always intrigued about what you get from it and then maybe the things that you need to get from outside forces once you get out of art school and you're trying to be a working artist in the world. So the glass playing program I took was only four months and a lot of the other students had had previous art school experience so in that regard I feel like I I was a little bit behind the other students I did take art all the way through high school but yeah I don't know maybe marketing like marketing your work 
I think that would have been really beneficial. They did talk about that a little bit, but basically they just said that's the hardest thing and you're going to have to figure that out for yourself, which, you know, to some degree I have, but <laughs> I'm sure you can really the hardest part, right? <laughs> exactly. It is the hardest part. If I could just outsource that job, it'd be great. And I just make beads and someone else sells it for me. That'd be perfect. Seriously. Yeah. yeah it's so hard to like, just be my voice for me. Just represent yeah. me. Come yeah. on now. Be perfect. I'll just stay in the studio making beads. <laughs> Was it intimidating not having gone to art school before taking that four-month course? I mean, it's always kind of intimidating jumping into something new, right? But I think at first I didn't really realize that the other students had a background in arts. So I guess I was, you know, the, bon- the benefit of being a little bit clueless about that at the time. But yeah, as we moved into the program and they were sort of talking about drawing and and stuff like that, other people knew things that I had no idea about. So, but, you know, you pick it up as you go. And then after you kept working as an assistant, were you working as an assistant while your teachers kept teaching or was it like production glass or like artistic glass or something in the middle? So one of my... Uh, teachers that I end up working for the most he does production glass so he he did a lot of animals and stuff so I would bring bring the bits and you know that kind of thing he had me doing lots of other stuff around the studio too like cleaning the studio and all that and a little bit of cold working as well so that was a good experience to have also hot shop I do a little bit yeah it would be would be I wouldn't mind doing that just part-time actually and then I worked for another one of my teachers she does these big vases with uh big flowers stuck on them they're gorgeous but yeah it's been it's been probably 10 years since I worked for either of them so (laughs) it's been a while but I feel like I could still do it like riding a bike Yeah. yeah yeah for sure Are there any lessons that maybe you took from those experiences with your teachers that you still utilize in your life today? I can't think of anything offhand, but I will say that my one teacher that I worked for, he was the first, he got me into my first craft show. And if it hadn't been for that, like, I don't know if I would have kept doing them, you know, like he kind of got my foot in the door. So that was really beneficial. I mean, they taught me tons of stuff in glass as well. So, and also it was nice to have that experience and, you know, still be able to get paid while I'm learning, you know? Is there, so can you just talk about the different mentalities that it takes if you're going to go out to the studio and work versus like if you're packing up to go to a craft show? Oh, okay. So, well, Going out to the studio is fun, right? So going out to a craft show is like stressful and like, I don't know, I'm usually pretty anxious. What am I going to forget? I'm going to forget something. Just, you know, loading up the car and I don't know. Once I get there, it's fine. But yeah, there's usually a little bit of anxiety leading up to a, a craft show. Always interesting to hear that like it's so hard to shift your brain from one gear to another so it's interesting to hear mm-hmm. about the different aspects of people's jobs and how they get from one to another there are so many different hats you have to wear right like photographer salesperson videographer I mean 
marketer, salesperson, so much. Customer service. Yes, exactly. That's another one of the parts. I thought all we did was make glass all day. Right? Wouldn't that be nice? Just make whatever I want Mm -hmm. all the time. No worries. That would be ideal. So do you have like one sentence of words of wisdom to leave everyone with? Words of wisdom. Okay. Well, best I can come up with is just keep making stuff. That's all you can do, right? (laughs) Just keep making. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Connected in Glass. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more information on the artists we interview and for updates on the podcast.